everyone. Welcome to the Snowball Wealth Podcast, where we talk about how to get out of debt and start building wealth, especially if you're the first in your family to do so. Today's guest is Stacy Latoyson, a Puerto Rican and Cuban Latina entrepreneur and investor. Stacy founded venture capital firm Dream Big Ventures, where she leverages her 22-year energy industry experience with Chevron to shape and influence energy transition goals and fuel her passion for empowering others. She's a native Texan and proud first-gen college grad. Stacy has a steadfast commitment to advocating for the underrepresented, having overcome her own challenges as a young mother. I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Stacey, and um, really excited to just talk about your journey. I know you've had such a wide range of experiences throughout your life and different waves in building wealth, and so I'm really excited to dig in. Um, like I was saying, Stacey, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Um, you have such a wide range of exp- life experiences and work experiences from working in corporate to now starting your own venture fund. So I'm really excited to do so, by the way. And what? And the first Latina in Texas to raise a fund. So amazing. Yes. Yes. And um, breaking down doors, breaking the glass ceiling and, you know, creating more pathways for Latinas. I love that. And I didn't realize that you were the first Latina to start a venture fund in Texas. Yeah. That and there and especially Texas being one of the largest states in the US with so such a huge Latino population. I love that we're making history right here, right now. Um so tell me about your tell me about how you thought about money when you were growing up. Like what are some of the first memories regarding money and like what was your money mindset when you were younger? Well, I have to say, unfortunately, like most of us, you know, I'm, I'm also a first generation college student. Um, what my parents did instill in me was um, make sure you get your education. You know, my mother actually didn't graduate high school. Um, my father went into the military in the Air Force. You know, so, of course, we appreciate his service to this country. But uh, neither one of them got a college degree. And, you know, even before that, mi abuela you know, my parents definitely, grandparents didn't either. Um, Abuela came over here from Puerto Rico at 19 years old, and she's cleaning homes and saving up her money to send back to Puerto Rico to bring over, you know, my tata abuela and, you know, my tias and tios, and, you know, eventually everybody kind of planted here. So, I mean, that's uh, where that came from. But as wealth, I mean, what what was that, right? (laughs) And, And that's actually what, Thank goodness today that we're working together. I love what you've built here at Snowball Wealth and what I'm doing at Dream Big Ventures to um, change the tone, change that psychology of wealth. Because most of us, you know, our families, we didn't grow up talking about it. And yet, what are the three things in life that we all need? Salud, amor, y dinero, you know? And of course, for those that don't know Spanish, you know, that's your health and love and money. So, but money is one thing that we don't talk about and that we don't learn. And, you know, in school, we're learning all kinds of things like, I'm sorry, but I don't use geometry today and trigonometry and, you know, none of those things. But every single day, we all are faced with making decisions, financial decisions that impact, you know, our families and our lives. 
So that's one thing that's extremely important for us to talk about more and to learn from each other so that we can grow and we can um, get out of this wealth gap that has just continues to grow bigger and bigger. I was going to mention that I love how you mentioned how it was like, what is wealth, right? I don't think that that was actually a term that was used when I was growing up either. And it's actually fairly new that I think a lot of people start to even consider building wealth in that way. It's always, you know, build up a savings, buy a home. But what about like generational wealth? What about investing for the next generation? What about like, you know, you hear now, you know, you realize that people retire and they live off of the interest that they make from their investments. Like that wasn't a concept that I grew up understanding or learning, right? And it's also because, and I think similar to you, I kind of grew up in like a survival mode type of household where it's always thinking about the next thing or the next day or like the next month or the next week. It's always the survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you can't think about, you know, the next generation or just creating enough wealth to live off of the interest. Like, you know, you're not thinking in that way. So I'm so glad that you brought that up that like, it's actually pretty, um, unique and kind of grateful for this moment in history right now, like two Latinas talking about wealth. And um, because thinking about the wealth gap, Latinas are the farthest behind when it comes to building wealth. And so you starting this venture fund, us being on this podcast today is actually, you know, I'm really, really proud to be a part of this and to be a part of changing that narrative. So super honored to have you here. Um, You know, where did that start to change for you? Um, in terms of being, you know, thinking about, you know, almost like leading your family into a new way of thinking about money. Like when did you start to think about it in that way? Um, so I think for many of us, we surpassed what our parents' salaries were when we got out of college and, you know, suddenly you're making, you know, a lot more money, but you, you still have that old mindset, that survival mode mindset, and you really don't know what to do with it. You know, traditionally, okay, there's a 401k. I need to make sure that I put allocate a portion of my um, my my um, payroll in there. And then, okay, the next step, you want to buy a home and maybe you buy more homes and you rent them out. But venture capital and other alternative investments we have no idea. You know, I didn't know until a few years ago when I attended a conference um, that Serena Ventures was a keynote speaker. And that's where I first learned that only 2% of VC funds go to women and underrepresented founders. And so I immediately knew that that was my mission. Like I worked at Chevron for 22 years and I had a lot of amazing assignments. I worked in China and for like five years, and my daughter was born in Beijing, I worked in Angola. And so, you know, I was able to save a lot of money. And, um, but I had no idea that I could make these other investments. Um, So yeah, I decided, okay, I've already like, made paved a carved a path in this male dominated industry. Um, But I'm not waking up every day loving what I do. And, and I was a manager of innovation and strategy before retiring. And I decided to go back to school at Columbia, went through their, um, their uh, venture capital and private equity program. Oh, 
nice. Yeah, because I've always wanted to go to Ivy League school. I had the grades when I was in high school and was getting scholarship offers. And I did end up getting the Gates Millennium Scholarship. Oh, my gosh, congrats. I bet I got pregnant with my son when I was 17. Whoa. So here I am. You know, my my college years were working full-time, going to school at night, raising my son on my own because his father was abusive and I left him. And, you know, in at 19, at 19 years old, you know, going through all this um, and also singing in a band at night to make extra money. I mean, that was, you know, so working two jobs and going to school and raising a kid on my own, like that was my, the beginning of my journey. And so I am so grateful that I had to dig deep. And even during school, there were times when I was just like ready to feeling overwhelmed and ready to to give up. But I knew like I couldn't because I had a baby who depended on me, you know, if it weren't for me working and I needed to make sure I could provide a better life for him. So I knew that I needed to finish school. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get a good job just being a waitress or, you know, singing in a band and doing all these, you know, other little things that I was doing to try to try to pay the bills. Yeah. And I just <laughs> I can't even imagine, you know, the just the amount like talking about survival mode, right? Like that is like it sounds like years of survival mode, but also it sounds like when you had your child, it sounds like it also was a moment with of motivation for you to provide a better life and to really, you know, make things, you know, be different for him um, or for them. And um, I, that is, you know, I know that especially it's interesting, like money and family are the two things that can provoke us, I think, um, you know, to our core. Right. And so I think it's, um, you have to decide what is your why Like mm -hmm. you're getting up, Digging deep, you know, when you are just exhausted and tired, but there is a reason why you keep on every day. And, you know, who is it that you're thinking about? Is it your family? You know, you have to determine like, what is your why and your purpose? And Mm -hmm. that's actually like why you need to think further and think ahead. And, you know, don't just think about today and tomorrow. Make a plan and have a strategy so that two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to see your life continue to advance and propel forward new heights, like soaring to new heights that you never thought possible when you start dreaming bigger. Yes. And you're able to achieve the unthinkable. I I love that you share that because I think that a big part of what we talk about too is creating a financial vision. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did, mm-hmm. right? Like, and part of maybe the first step for you in creating wealth is creating that vision for yourself. Do you remember actually when you started to get out of survival mode and like you started to build up a savings and started to feel more secure financially and for your family? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was 25 when I bought my first house because I was like, okay, I'll have <laughs> fun to have a backyard. You're not a millennial anymore. I think like you're not. <laughs> I wanted his, him, his friends to come over and him to have a safe place to play in the backyard mm. and stuff. So I was determined 
Um, so, I mean, I accomplished that. I wanted, I've always wanted to travel the world. And so I- oh, wait, hold on. Can, can you tell us how you bought a house at 25? Like that? <laughs> you can't just gloss over <laughs> like it was easy, you know, like how did you actually do that and figure uh, all of that out? Gosh, you know, you probably teach this with the snowball well, uh, community, right? Certain things you can cut out. You need to like edit, you know, what am I doing? You know, really like do an audit of your bills and your finances. <coughs> you know, nowadays you can subscribe to every, every single channel on earth. And then you get your bill and you're like, oh my God, of this, this, and this. And then I barely watch TV. I'm barely home. So I don't need that subscription. You know, I don't need to go out and buy this new purse or new shoes when I've already got so many pairs in my closet that I can mix and match with things. Um, so you really just have to prioritize. Um, you know, you'd love to go to that Beyonce or Taylor Swift concert, right? But maybe you'll wait until the next tour because right now it's important for you to pay off some credit card debt that you have so that you don't have that lingering over you. And like, you know, that's a problem too, that People will dig themselves so much in a hole and they don't mean to know, but then it's so hard and difficult to get out of. And then they start feeling hopeless. So it's like, you really have to stay on top of that and make that a priority. Your finances are top priority. Yes. I love that. So I think that what I'm hearing is that you were really aware of your expenses. You prioritize saving as much money as you could. I think another part was also probably being in Texas made it a lot more accessible for you, right? Because, um, you know, Texas homes are generally cheaper than like living in like a big New York or uh, LA or San Francisco. Do you think that that played a part in that? Or what other tips would you give for someone that's listening right now at 25 <laughs> to like put together a plan to, to purchase their first home? I would say... Um... There's certain, I never thought, oh, I don't need a, a financial advisor or maybe you don't need this, but actually you're, it's important for you to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you need an executive coach or life coach to help give you some tips, because if you look around the people in your family and in your circle, or your friends you grew up with, or maybe they don't know. So really lean on others who are in your, your circle. Sometimes we call them your tribe or your board of directors, but people who you admire mentors and they can help. They will give you advice. They'll be so happy to give you advice on things. Like don't be shy about it, especially mm-hmm. talking about finances. Um, I learned a lot from some of the people I worked with at Chevron. Um, some of them, you know, and they were white males, but it's like, he had three student, three of his kids were in college at the same time. And it was like, wow, how did you pull that off? You know, are they all like super athletes and got scholarships? And he's like, no, I invested in the Vanguard 529 plan and each of them can go to whatever school they want to, you know, it's already fully paid. I was like, wow, like I never heard of the Vanguard 529 plan. So I have a child, I need to do the same thing. And so immediately, so it's like always be listening and absorbing information from others you know, and don't be afraid to ask. So just that one conversation, I learned a lot and then take action. So um, I called immediately and made sure that I changed the allocation and I'm putting money in each paycheck away to the Vanguard plan. So when Sophia goes to school, she will never have to worry about, oh, I want to go to Stanford. I want to go to Columbia or Harvard, but 
oh, my, you know, my mom won't be able to pay for it. So I, I can't get in. It's like, no, she's going to be able to go to whatever school she wants to and that she gets in. And I know she'll get into every school because she is so bright and so smart. That's my 10-year-old daughter, Sophia. Oh, nice, nice. I love that. And you know what? I'm so, I'm so, so glad you brought that up because I do think that that's a big motivation for us starting Snowball Wealth Community first because a lot of it is exposure, right, to these concepts. And some of it, I really think about wealth building and finances in general as like learning a new language, right? And it starts at first, it feels foreign. Like, I don't know what any of these terms mean, or I don't know how it all comes together. But it does start to, you start to familiarize yourself with some of these concepts. Mm -hmm. You hear it over and over again, you get mentors, you get kind of immersed into it, and it starts to come together and it starts to become easier. Um, So I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I think talking to other people is huge. Um, you know, surrounding yourself with other people that are a little bit farther ahead, helping others that are a little bit farther behind. And it, like, because also when you teach, you also tend to, you know, learn it twice. Right. And so I think that, um, you know, being surrounded and having that as part of your lifestyle where you're talking to other people, I think is huge. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, cause I think it's also overlooked, especially as a first gen, you're like, you know, sometimes it can feel like awkward to ask about it because you're not used to talking about it. Right. And so do you remember actually like bringing that up? Cause I do think it's like more unique for someone to just be talking about money with like their other colleagues. Like how did you bring it up or like, did they bring it up to you or what, what's your advice for like starting some of these conversations with like your friends or, you know, team members? You know, any chance that I, attend conferences like there's women in wealth summits and actually Mm -hmm. i dream big i'm hosting things here in houston and you know around texas and you know hopefully can get up there to new york too to see you or are you in la where are you now san francisco but i may be moving to new york sorry not a bad bad, uh guess yes yeah so you know plan to like take it on the road and help Mm -hmm. make women and you know women of color and diverse entrepreneurs and and founders aware of access to capital and you know things that we can do about building your network and um, you know just motivate motivating and inspiring and creating opportunities for people in our diverse communities to thrive I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think in-person events are such a great way to get started and getting familiar with some of these concepts. Um, And hopefully we'll have a Snowball Wealth conference one day where we talk about money and hopefully you'll be a speaker. It'll bring the podcast to life. Um, Great. And switching gears a little bit more to present day, tell me how you started to create a venture fund. Like what was step number one? You like you did you wake up one day and say, I'm gonna start a venture fund? Like, what do you do after that? <laughs> and um, what are some things that, you know, take us part, take us through some of your journey in building the first Latina founded venture fund in Texas? So during the pandemic, um, because I was I was doing pretty well, you know, and just content at Chevron for 22 years, you know, like, okay, I know what I'm making every two weeks. I know I'm going to get my annual bonus, you know, but I just still 
wasn't satisfied. It was still something inside of me that was like, there's more I want to do. And I also have always wanted to help others. And, you know, how can I do that more than just going to volunteer? Um, I knew my story could help others. So um, I decided, you know, I have a 10 year old daughter and now my son is 25 and I'm like, why am I, I'm telling them to chase their dreams, but why am I not doing it myself? And so I decided, okay, you know, why not? I want to wake up every day so excited about what I do. And I just wasn't feeling that I wasn't feeling fulfilled where I was at. Um, Especially, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of your Snowball Wealth community understands that we get overlooked for a lot of things that we are We've got the skills, the talent, we prove ourselves, we work our asses off, but then we often get overlooked for uh, promotions and uh, leadership positions and different opportunities um, versus our male counterparts. So um, I decided I'm going to put the fate, my fate in my own hands and I'm going to go for my dreams. And so and that's why I, I enrolled at Columbia. So you know, went through their program made a lot of great connections that way, but also um, showing up here in Houston, we've got the ION, which is a um, the innovation ecosystem hub that is set out to help to um, advance and progress, you know, the, the startup community and the tech community here and help to build it. And so it's great to be one of the first here to help, you know, see that grow and, and, try to you know scale that. So um and they're often giving free free programming and events. So I mean I was show up showing up at the demo days and pitch competitions at the you know investor events, just showing up for everything I can and it's all free. Um and you know really building my network, going to different conferences and um yeah, just meaning having the right people in my corner. So I feel good. But also, um, most importantly, starting off slowly, like building that investment pedigree, you know, by um, being an angel investor. So I'm um, an angel investor in Angelus Investors, and I'm the, the lead here, the regional lead in Texas. And um, also an, a limited partner in... Portfolio, which is a women investors investing in women founders. And then I'm also a limited partner in Mendoza Ventures. And they're the first Latino and women-led fund to raise $100 million on the East Coast. So they're over there in Boston and they focus on fintech, AI, and cybersecurity. And then I'm also a limited partner in Urban Capital Network, which you know, is like a fund of funds that invests in, um, and it's a diverse founders. And then, um, and then soft tech, which is like a venture studio. And I'm also serving on their advisory board, which at first it was all white males, but you know, sometimes you have to identify like a gap and I did, and I spoke up, you don't get, the, you don't get anywhere if you don't ask for it. And so I noticed that and I said, well, yeah, I'd be happy to, you know, I like what you all are doing and your investment thesis. However, I think um, 
would you consider adding me to your advisory board, you know, to add a perspective of a woman? And, you know, as you know, most companies do a lot better who have women at the helm, you know? (laughs) The most successful companies are run by women. So they were all for it. And, you know, now I'm on their advisory board as well. Oh my gosh, congrats. I did not know that. Amazing. Right. Um, um, so it's, so, uh, in, so this is what I'm hearing. Like you had the idea to, or you had an inclination during the pandemic to do something more than, and basically utilize your experience in order to impact others. Yes. I have to admit, okay, at Chevron, I was the cost engineering and project services manager. So I was uh, managing our cost forecasts, our business plans, our schedule for multi-billion dollar offshore projects, you know, internationally. So, I mean, I had the, the skills in my toolbox and was meeting with government officials and different um, executive leadership to be transparent with the numbers and to secure funding. So I've gained the type of skills that are needed that are required in venture capital. I love that. And I think that that also, and I love that also you have, um, you know, a different perspective than other angel investors that are out there, right? Because you have the energy experience, you have the leadership experience in that. Um, And then you, I love that, like, you're like a person of action in a way is what I'm getting because you enrolled in a course, you started to go to events, and then you also started investing directly into other funds, which I think is such a great way to get started too, because, it diversifies your risk, but you're still getting access to this asset class. So mm-hmm. super exciting to hear kind of how this has started. And, you know, where are you at now? And like, what's your vision for the fund? You know, where do you see this, you know, what do you see this becoming in a few years? So I'm currently, I'm, you know, emerging fund manager, I'm raising $30 million and energy transition, climate tech, and health tech. And I feel like that is the bread and butter for Houston. And I have, you know, years of experience. So I'm really excited about that. But it's women in diverse led startups. Amazing, amazing. And I know we just have a few minutes left. So before we hop off, I wanted to you know, give you some time or some space to like, what would you, what advice would you give, you know, young listeners today that are maybe the first in their family to go to college? Maybe they also had, um, you know, children early in their life. Like what advice would you give them in order to begin building wealth or just in general pursuing their dreams? Be bold be fearless and dream big. You know, don't, don't shortchange yourself, you know, um, be a visionary. And then from the, go from there and strategize. Like um, I always have a hard time going to like these vision board parties because I cannot find anything in the magazines that I can cut out or remotely like what my big goals and visions are like the magazine's just not big enough. Like, <laughs> so we'll have to actually, like, write it down and then constantly throughout the day, just other new ideas come on, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, that would be so cool too. And just 
you know, experiencing different things. So just don't be afraid. Don't let, you know, your past or your history determine what your future is going to be. And once you do rise up, make sure you bring others with you. Make sure that you're teaching and you're sharing and you're, you know, everybody else is also climbing because that's another issue we have sometimes. People climb the ladder and then they just, they, they don't give back. They don't also help uplift others. And if our communities are going to make any advancement, that's what we have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Um, and for those tuning in, we'll put Stacey's LinkedIn in the show notes if you want to connect with her or follow her on LinkedIn. Um, just a quick disclaimer that today's session was designed to be educational in nature and not intended to be um, any financial advice. But yes. this wraps up another Invest episode. In yourself. What? Invest in yourself. And, and one actually, one other takeaway I'll insert here that I you know, took away from this interview was that you're a woman of action, right? And I think that when you have a dream, it's important to have the dream, but it's also important to take action quickly and uh, and consistently. And so that was definitely another takeaway that I wanted to, that I'm sure others took away from just hearing your story, but I wanted to make sure to point out there. Um, and for um, just a quick reminder that um, if you or your company is interested in partnering with Snowball Wealth in our educational courses, you can connect with us on snowballwealth.com. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and if you have any questions that you want answered in a future episode, check out the link in our bio. All right, that wraps up another episode and I'll talk to you soon.